All right, the intro to the podcast goes like this. This is episode 51 of Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers today. We are talking about the Packers' 34-24 victory over the Cowboys down in Jerry World. This game was served on a platter with pancakes. I don't know what that means. Well, it was it was. I was uh, thinking about pancakes. Sure. It, yeah. I. You know. I think it just means that you know it, it was extra sweet. It was. Yeah. It came in um, with a little extra syrup and a dollop of butter on top. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was well served and well timed. Yeah. On a silver platter. This is, of course, Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. My name is Mike Fleischman. I am joined, as always, by Matt Malmsetter. Hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good man, we are recording in my beautiful south side of state here in Chicago, Illinois. The weather, the weather is perfect. It's Great. 70 degrees. There's not a cloud in the sky. I I went for my run earlier and it's just one of those days where you don't even like really sweat or anything. Yeah. You just sort of are out there running. Yeah, it feels great. You're the birthday boy. Yes. You're you're 23. Yeah, Jair year, they say. <laughs> The Jair year, yeah. It's it's not like it's not twenty seven. That's like the death year. That's the death year. You know, sometimes people call twenty three Jordan year, um, mm-hmm. but I think there needs to be a you know a referendum made on that. It is now the Jair year. Um, has that trend continues where everyone dies at twenty seven? Has there been like recent celebrity deaths at twenty seven? Uh, I mean, Mac Miller recently died at twenty six. He was okay. about to turn twenty seven when he died. All right. Um, so he avoided the club very narrowly. Um, sadly, that's not a, a joke to make. Um, but yeah, not that I can think of. Okay, that's because I've always heard like when I hung out with old hippies when I yeah. was a young hippie, that uh, that was always something that they discussed. But it hasn't really filtered into like modern consciousness because we're talking about Janis Joplin. Yeah, <laughs> no and, one knows who Janis Joplin was anymore. But. It, yeah, and I and I think that the 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 you know the the lore of the white lighter and dying at twenty seven has reached mm-hmm. the mainstream, and now no one carries the white lighter anymore because they know that if they do, they'll die at twenty seven. Okay, that's the legend. That's the urban legend. Have you ever heard of the one that Paul McCartney died? Back? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And Avril Lavigne. <laughs> the Avril Lavigne <laughs> one's my favorite. <laughs> I have not heard that one, but please don't explain it to me. Uh, okay. uh, well, I, I would like to if you'd let me. Uh, she <laughs> yeah, go ahead. She died some point in like 2003 or 2004 when she was kind of at the peak of her um, <clears throat> popularity, and then she took like a year off. And then the lore is that took a year off because she was dead. Because she was dead, and they were finding a doppelganger, and they found a doppelganger who reclaimed her throne and. Ever since Avril Lavigne has not been Avril Lavigne, she's going to look like. She was never vital enough to require a doppelganger. That's what they say, but okay. I think that maybe Avril Lavigne has, has some some hidden sway underneath our culture. 
per- that we don't know about. <laughs> She's we well, aren't well connected. Yeah, that we aren't cultured enough to understand. <laughs> or Chad Kroger, or like yeah. the power couple. <laughs> oh my good lord! Um, I, I attended a seminar once because I was in a band that played a couple of Beatles covers, mm-hmm. and our bass player thought it would be a great idea if we went to Beatles Fest, which was held at like the Hilton out okay. in um, out in like suburban Chicago, and we'd play our Beatles covers, like get entered into like a Beatles cover concert contest. Okay, and so we had the entire day at this Beatles convention. Sure. And I went to a seminar uh, explaining like all the reasons that Paul is dead. And you know, I'm like, at this point, I'm is. 22 or 23 when, yeah. when we went and did this. And I also like, I almost like the Beatles, but I never like gave too much of a crap about them. Like in that way, like they're important, man. Of course they are. Yeah. They made albums that I like, but I, I never saw the whole, the whole like fandom thing really about anything. But I just remember sitting in that room. I'm like with like five other five people in their fifties, some of whom are like taking notes. Wait, you know, old notebook, you know, I'm just having skin, this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. having this moment of just like I need to reevaluate some of the choices that I've made that have led me to this moment in time right now. Um, how do you like your steak? You were headed to Outback the last time we recorded. Yeah, I I like my steak medium rare. There you go. Um, kind of as pink as you can get it. Uh. If if you want a review of Outback Steakhouse, I would say it's bad. Don't go unless you have a gift card. It's bad, folks. Um, it was it was it was so bad. Um, but you know, for gift card free, basically for me, more um, and more people are saying it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's reached the public conscious that uh, you know, perhaps that very true and authentic Australian cuisine isn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> Do the Australians yeah. have a cuisine? Uh, I mean, they have Outback Steakhouse. Onions. It, Outback Steakhouse has taken hold in uh, Australia. There is a number of locations, okay. and they really enjoy it as kind of a mockery of their own culture. I got I to gotta tell you, man, if you can F up a steak, you, like a steakhouse should be a pretty easy concept to execute. Yeah, as, right. as a uh, you know, as a, as a restaurant man, like you need a couple of versatile like pasta dishes. You need to know how to bake a potato, and you need a couple of grill cooks who can hit your various doneness levels. Yeah, and that's and I mean, and beyond that, I guess the, the bigger part is is can you get a good cut of the steak? Sure. Which which my New York strip was all gristle and fat and the bad stuff um and none of the, the good stuff but um no it was it was cooked perfectly though so <laughs> the they, gr- they really nailed the, the that gristle, the gristle is uh, the gristle is a the... beautiful 126 <laughs> degrees <laughs> yeah the center thank you very much really appreciate that um and the blooming onion was uh was top notch i would say blooming onion was great yeah uh, my friend eric got a got 32 ounce fosters um which is the i think the authentic Australian way to live. I don't, I don't think that's authentically Australian either. <laughs> Are but, you, what uh, do you mean? They sell it at, at, yeah. at the Australian Museum Outback Steakhouse. Um, so. <laughs> the, the chronicle of Austral- Australian <laughs> culture in the Chicago suburbs. Uh, yeah, oh God, where do we, we drove out to Skokie for it. Uh, I think the, la- the last chain steakhouse I went to was Longhorn, which is actually oh, yeah. some, I think uh, manages to be a ripoff of Outback. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had uh, Texas Roadhouse? I've never eaten at one. Oh, it's so good. That's a fr- friend of mine who worked at one for the longest time. 
I don't know if their steaks are actually that good, but because I haven't had one in years, but I do remember their little rolls that they had were great. And uh, I actually prefer to rate my steakhouses based on, based on the bread that they bring you before <laughs> the meal and not the actual meal. So, so like two sesame breadsticks and a little cellophane oh, wrapper. Five out of five. <laughs> <Yeah. you want. laughs> Supper club culture, man. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, they're good. Yeah. Uh, 34-24 victory over the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys were scoreless at the half in this game as Green Bay took a 17-0 lead into the second half, but 17 wasn't going to cut it in this game because the Cowboys came rolling back in the second half, aided by some clown ball, some some ref ball, yeah, uh, some general nonsense. But all in all, uh, a good Packers win. You look at the Cowboys, they were very highly touted coming into this game. It's my controversial opinion that the Cowboys are, in fact, bad. Uh, yeah, not not an opinion shared by everyone at this table, but all the same, like that's that's where I'm at with them. Cowboys, not very good, lacking in in quality playmakers outside of Amari Cooper, who's a monster person. He's he's uh, Amari Cooper might be one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. I mean, you know, and he, when he was in Oakland, he was really underperforming. But um, kind of what happens when Derek Carr is your quarterback? Yeah, it'll do it. Um, and, you know, it, it, something that we kind of clowned the Cowboys on uh, when they made the trade, you know, it's such a big deal when they sent that first to Oakland for Amari Cooper. Um, kind of looked at as Oakland fleeced them, and, and that was kind of this, this big public opinion. But, I, you know, I, I really think that it was, it was worth it overall. Amari Cooper has been um, worth every uh, cent and dollar that they paid him in his contract extension, worth every better than any first-round pick they would have selected this year. He's he's one of the best route runners in the NFL. Yeah, he made Jair, Jair Alexander look yeah. absolutely silly yeah. through, uh, throughout the game, not just in times. the first, although in the second half, Jair won a few more of their battles, yeah. and that to me was nice to see because Alexander's a battler. Like He's not going to... He's not going to go, gonna and, give go into his shell or anything. When, yeah. when the best receiver in the in the game all of a sudden just clowns him on like four straight yeah. targets. Yeah. <laughs> although, although that was it was kind of fun to see. Like you see Jair Alexander, all these plays being so dominant against good teams and good number ones, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden he meets a guy who can just make him look silly. Yeah, and 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 you look at kind of how Amari Cooper did it. I mean, a lot of the times it was with kind of double moves and, and fakes and stuff that other teams that are not Dallas have not been able to run, um, primarily because other teams' offensive lines couldn't hold up as long as Dallas. Dallas was offensive line, one of the best offensive lines in football, even without um, Tyron Smith on the left the left tackle um, was just they were able to hold up long enough on some plays to let the double moves develop and really take advantage of Jair's uh, aggressiveness on every down. Packers go three and out, not three and out, but yeah, they do go three and out because the uh, the third down play happened a million times. Yeah, two two penalties on the ensuing Cowboys. Drive. They are driving straight down the field, first and ten at the Green Bay thirty-eight. Uh, as mentioned, this is of course Amari Cooper catching catching balls, Ezekiel Elliott making runs, and then Dak Prescott was uh, looking for Amari Cooper. It gets uh, gets tipped off of his hands. Yeah, he was wide open through Cooper's hands. Yeah, he's wide open over the middle. Yep, Aikman thought it would have been six on that play. I think he's got a safety over the top that would have 
yeah, would have made the tackle, but part of a Cooper's game is that he's incredibly hard to tackle yeah. when he makes a move in the open field. But uh, Alexander picks it off. That's one of those things I talked about with Alexander is that the next step is to take the ball away yeah, and to be aware in situations where things are moving very fast because he was straight beat. Yeah. And then he all of a sudden have not had an opportunity and maintained concentration like he was. You, know, it's, you, you have to expect things to go wrong. Yeah. You have to expect to be in the position to make a play. Yeah. And there he was, made the play. And Green Bay gets a short field, goes five plays, 47 yards. Aaron Jones gets his first rushing touchdown of the game. Uh, Jones with four rushing touchdowns and also 75 yards of passing to go along with just over 100 yards of rush yards. And with that drive, the Packers showed you exactly what their game plan was, at least for the majority of the first half, which was uh, with quick passes, getting the running backs involved. And it worked. To perfection. Yeah, it, you know, it really did. Um, Aaron Jones looked great in this game, and, and Elton Jenkins uh, might be the the rookie of the universe uh, thus far this year. He's he's been phenomenal. More on uh, on young or inexperienced Packers linemen later. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the next drive, the Dallas Cowboys go forty six yards, but then have to punt. This came off of a sack by Zadarius Smith that moved the Cowboys out of field goal range. One of the first of some uh, low-key but yet very important plays for the Packers' defense in the game. Green Bay goes 89 yards on the ensuing drive in 5 minutes and 20 seconds for the touchdown. Robert Tanyan made the best play on this drive. I should say Aaron Rodgers. Made the oh. and Robert Tanyan combined on the best play of this drive because yeah. Rodgers, one of the things that he showed in this game was a willingness to step out of the pocket and move quickly, which is something that we haven't seen him do. We didn't see him do it last year because of the leg being broken. Yeah. And then <laughs> this year, when earlier on when we have seen it, we've seen just a little bit of weirdness, a little discomfort yeah. as of yet. But when he got out of the pocket in this game, he usually tried to do something aggressive and smart and he needed a weird arm angle and a weird release point to get the ball as he's moving straight up field out to his right to yeah. hit Tanyan on the sidelines. Crazy throw. A a it couldn't have been placed any better um for Robert Tanyan. A a leaping grab down the sidelines. Um you know, immediately after they'd go no huddle quick snap it uh so that the Cowboys can't challenge. But I think he was he was inbounds regardless. Um, heck of a play from, from Big Bob. And then, oh, of course, it's Aaron Jones. Yeah. Three yards in for his second rushing touchdown of the game. It's 14 nothing at that point. Dallas Cowboys go six plays. And Chandon Sullivan makes an interception. Dak's second of the game. Uh, he ended the day with three. He should have ended it with seven and a half. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Uh, this was another uh, another drive where... You started to see the, the foreshadowing of, of stupidness later on. Uh, Tavon Austin got flagged for a holding penalty that that brought a uh, brought a, a play back. Uh, Tavon Austin also fumbled and recovered on this drive. But then on second and eleven, uh, Prescott looking for Cobb and Shannon Sullivan picks it off. Yeah. This this one was yeah the first one's on Cooper second one's on Prescott all the way yeah this is this was a great play by Shannon Sullivan mm-hmm. uh, the Packers were in a zone defense um, the way that Blake Martinez 
picked up Randall Cobb coming across the middle. Um, Might have made it look to Dak like the Packers were in man. Um, And the the way Shannon Sullivan was kind of shading the flat route underneath. Mm -hmm. Might have made it appear like it was man. Prescott tries to throw it into a little uh, area there. Shannon Sullivan is, is... right there and makes a, a terrific leaping grab um, and celebrates with the, the, the classic Nick Collins <laughs> down to the knees, arms spread out wide celebration. Um, Sullivan, the, the former Philadelphia Eagle, had a really nice game. He did, and what I like about Sullivan on that play is that he was he was reading the quarterback really well. He's got, yeah. the, like you said, got the outside flat and the zone responsibility. Dak is clearly as soon as Dak is back to throw, he's staring yeah. Cobb down, and you know because he's watching Martinez pick him up and mm-hmm. thinking like, "Oh, this is easy, just easy. pitch and catch." And sure enough, Sullivan reacts to it immediately, abandons his responsibility. One of those plays where Aikman says like, "I don't think Dak even saw him there," and you know it's, he didn't because. Shannon Sullivan was not supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, Shannon Sullivan was not supposed to be seen. He was supposed to be looked at as, oh, he's got the underneath coverage. I don't have to worry about him. We can fit into this window. But Shannon Sullivan, right his eyes, made a heck of a play. Packers, unfortunately, don't get points on the ensuing possession. A three and out that goes six yards backwards. Uh, this was all sorts of stupidity on this drive. Again, this game was full of clown ball from the refs. Uh, Rodgers was strip-sacked, but call on the field that it was a sack was reversed because of course Rogers in the grip of someone tried to push it out and did push it out for an incomplete pass. He had a receiver in front of him. Yep. So it was a nice escape move, but with the tendency of the refs right now to, to leave everything live so that they can go back and fix it later. Boy, that's an unintended consequence of all this replay is that they're just leaving these clown ball plays alive. Yeah. Where guys, as soon as, you know, if a ball comes out from a player who's been down for four and a half seconds, they're like, they're like letting know. 80 yard touchdown returns happen after every player on the field except the guy who scooped up the ball has stopped moving. And then they're going back later to figure out that that's not exactly what happened. So that's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Basically, though, it's a, a punt for the Packers, a punt for the Cowboys. Packers get a field goal on the very next drive. Um, Geronimo Allison has had a rough start to his season. It yeah, was an really incomplete has. pass to him that set up, set up the uh, the fourth and goal at the two for Rogers' chip shot. And this was another uh, this was the rare first and goal situation. First and goal at the one, Aaron Jones got stopped. Second and goal at the two, I'd, I'd say give it to Jones again. Yeah, and eventually the Packers figure this out. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, on this red zone situation, goal line situation, they didn't quite have it yet. So second goal at the two, incomplete pass thrown away. Third and goal at the two, pardon me, they're in, incomplete pass to Geronimo Allison. So Mason Crosby, 20-yard field goal. Crosby perfect on the day. And on the ensuing drive, the Cowboys get a missed field goal from uh, from their kicker, Maher, who had a had himself a day down yeah, in the dome. Boy, did he. Boy, did he have a bad day. Um. Again, like there were times when the Cowboys looked like they could effortlessly move the ball. Yeah. I think part of that is that the Packers were letting them take underneath shots. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's the best game plan. No. 
for anyone, let yeah. alone the Cowboys, but because Amari Cooper does not really care if he's you know, if there's a safety help over the top and like Prescott is aggressive enough to where he yeah. he fits some very good balls into Cooper into coverage anyway, and then Cooper just embarrasses people who try to tackle him. Yeah, it, it was a, kind of an interesting strategy. Like the whole day, we saw Jair Alexander uh, lined up like ten yards off of Amari Cooper for most of the day. You know, a lot of the the coverage um, when they were in man was off coverage, um, which you're just saying take the easy completion, we'll let you have it. You can't get the deep shot. Um, yeah, because if you look at this drive, it's pass short middle to Gallup, Elliott up the middle, Prescott short right, Prescott short left. Yeah, and, um, and these short right. Elliott, Elliott up the middle, in, incomplete deep to Cobb, and then Maher with the 54-yard 50 yard field goal, no good, wide right, um, LOL. Yeah, haha. <laughs> um, but like those, those passes short left to Amari Cooper picked up 11 yards, pass short right to Michael Gallup picked up 13 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, by playing that off coverage and saying take anything underneath, it really, it's not saying take anything for five yards. It's saying throw it five yards. You'll still be able to pick up six yards while we close the gap. Um, so I, I don't think it's the most yeah. effective strategy, but it worked uh, in this game. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not really in love with it. But then, if, then again, if you look at what the Cowboys were able to do when they were actually down in the red zone, yeah, not a whole lot of it. No. Didn't matter. We were able to go. The Packers were able to go press man uh, in the red zone. It didn't really matter for the the Cowboys. Cowboys been a very effective red zone team thus far, um, but not against the Packers yesterday. Packers go three and out. The Cowboys are unable to get anything done before the halftime. So we go to halftime up seventeen nothing. At this point, my prediction. I was out grocery shopping with Amy before the game started, mm-hmm. and just sort of casually, I'm like. Packers are going to absolutely blow the Cowboys out of the stadium today. Yeah. I just had that feeling after after that loss to Philadelphia where a lot of things went right and Philadelphia was just better. Yeah. Just came out on top. In a lot of situations and, yeah. and took the ball away. Like there, were, there was going to be a little bit of a, an attitude response from the Packers this time. And it looked like for all intents and purposes that was going to continue happening in the second half. Cowboys go three and out. They punt. Um one holding penalty on this on this drive, otherwise just a, a completely normal three and out. Then the Packers go 58 yards for the touchdown. Um, a defensive holding penalty is the only thing that helped the Packers on that time. Uh, Danny Vitale, second game in a row where he gets, uh, gets a nice pass reception. Big play on that. Uh, on that drive was... Perhaps Geronimo Allison's best catch of the season. Mm-hmm. Allison with a nice, uh, nice catch and run, and then Aaron Jones, five yard rush. He waves bye bye. Yeah. Once he gets the edge, um, I I love that. Yeah. There was a uh, there was some some tweeting from Skip Bayless. Oh, shut up. About uh, about how he doesn't like the Packers anymore because now they're he never now the they're Packers. an attitude team who disrespects their opponents. Whereas, like, I just, I want to see, I want to see a little bit more attitude from the Packers. You're doing that thing of like, get it out of my sight. I can't, I can't even, I can't deal with Skip Bayless either. No, he's a joke. I certainly, I don't it's engage, thing, I don't too. engage with like sports commentary very much. Oh my god, I because that's oh to me god. that's the exact same as like watching TMZ. Oh yeah, like, it, there's there's no real point to it. There's there's no, I don't think there's a major sports 
commentator, you know, like a, a, a cowherd. God, he's the he's literally the worst. Skip Bayless, Sh- Sh- Shannon Sharp, um, like any of the major guys who have their own big morning show or whatever. I think they're just all so bad. They're just all so bad. Skip Bayless, though, is the absolute wor- <laughs> worst. He's atrocious. Cowherd's a racist. Stephen A. Smith. Awful. He's funny. He's funny. Yeah, Stephen, he's Stephen funny. Is I do funny. like Stephen A. Smith. I don't. I don't believe a single thing he says about sports, but he is funny. I do think he's funny. <laughs> his, uh, his 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 famous viral tweet of uh, "Check this out," and then, <laughs> and then it's just the name of an image file. Following that, I love that. that is still oh. like, that's still one of the funniest things that's ever happened on Twitter. The, yeah, that was. Uh, but yeah, the Packers have a bad attitude now, and they're not the kind of guys that you want to be role models to your to your young children anymore. I guess. Yeah, and, and God, the 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 superpower combo of Skip Bayless saying Packers are are trash talking, uh, n- not role models, and Ray Lewis saying there's no leadership in this defensive front seven. What a Weird. what a combo! Yeah. <laughs> what a combo! Um, yeah, it's not true. Neither of them are. So. Ray Lewis. Don't even get me started. Ray Lewis. Uh, from there, the Dallas Cowboys finally get their first points. They go 57 yards in 11 plays and end up getting a 36-yard field goal after the Green Bay defense stiffens inside the red zone. Uh, Zadarius Smith with the big play on that red zone stand. Second and goal at the 9. Uh, Zadarius Smith gets to Zach Prescott, sets up Dak Prescott. Dakota Prescott. Mm. Um, Dakota Rain Prescott. Is that his name? No. Okay. <laughs> it actually might be. I'm not really sure. Uh, something inside me made me say that. Sure. Rain Dakota Prescott. Oh, okay. Close. It Really close. All right. Just flip the words around. Dakota Rain Prescott is a better name than Rain Dakota Prescott. Anywho. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, the big play uh, comes from Zadarius Smith to set up uh, third and goal at the 18. From there, there's not a lot that you can do in complete short right. The Ezekiel Elliott, who uh, only in his fourth year, it looks like he's hit a bit of a wall. Yeah. Uh, part of that comes from neither of his starting tackles being out there. Yeah. Which is also part of why... Darius Smith is able to come up with some key sacks yeah. on Dak Prescott. Uh, the Cowboys, smartest thing they've done in the last decade was revamp their offensive line and turn it into yeah. a, a premier group because that lets you do so much more and it lets you contend in a weak division with a, a lack of playmakers on either side of the ball. And it, you know, they've managed to. I think Ezekiel Elliott parlayed that into a pretty big contract because yeah. if you look at him in terms of like sheer skill as a running back, there's some. Yeah, he's good, but there's not. It's not top. It's not top three yeah. money. It's, I just I don't see it. No, I yeah I I I agree. I you know I I don't really think that any running back should be resigned. Um, like really ever like running backs. <laughs> Regardless of my thoughts on whether running backs should make more money and deserve more money, I don't think they should be resigned. If you're make, looking to make your franchise better, mm-hmm. just because you can find someone who's NFL level in the fourth and fifth rounds almost every year in the draft, you can find somebody 
as an undrafted free agent who can come in and give you r- really good snaps. So every in this year. upcoming draft, you're you're drafting Jones and Williams's replacements. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Me too. Actually. Yeah. I love these guys. I love them. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's. I, I I would not be in favor of re-signing either of them or any running back. No, I, I it, for, outside of like the very long-lasting ones or the guys who do not the non the non twenty carry a game yeah. running backs the the uh, the guys who catch passes the guys who have a a blitz responsibility you split them out yeah yeah the the classic Packers running back that did that of course was Dorsey Levens yeah Brandon Jackson on the Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fill a number of different roles, but also just line up in the backfield and therefore our running backs. Dorsey Levins was never a good running back. Yeah. He was just very good at all the other stuff he was asked to do. Yeah. Uh, Packers get the touchdown, go up 31-3. to um, This is kind of the, the point at which the game turns into, into garbage mm-hmm. after this for a, a while. Uh, on first and 10 at the 36, the uh, defensive pass interference on... Uh, on Brown, there was a. It's about the point in the game where I was getting a little bit sick of Troy Aikman, which is kind of like saying that I'm I, I need oxygen to breathe. Yeah, I was working, so thank God I got um, Wayne and Larry on the the radio call. Oh, you can't ask for a better one. No, um, although this is my funny Wayne and Larry story is is last week uh, against the Eagles. Uh, I had I was listening on the the radio as well. And for a, almost a full quarter, I would say, at least a drive, they kept getting Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz mixed up. Oh, I hate and, it. And I, so I hate they, it when I, I do that. Yeah. Because that will happen to broadcasters. Oh, of course. But it was, it was just so funny because they would be like, quarterback sneak, Ertz lines up behind center. And Ertz and Wentz. The Eagles are going to run a quarterback sneak. Here's Ertz bouncing off the right side. He's going to cross the line of scrimmage. And I was like... Mm-hmm. Lining Zach Ertz up behind center, <laughs> and then like the next down he'd get it right and call it Wentz, and I'd be like, "What, what kind of wild weird play yeah, by Doug Peterson? Wildcat nonsense is this?" <laughs> uh, oh God, uh, the the team that I call games for yeah. has their quarterback is Favilla, oh, and their God. running back is Riffle. Oh no! <laughs> so it's the Favilla Riffle backfield flip flop. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's that's and they they run the they run the classic spread, yeah. so it's Favilla and Riffle in the backfield on every down on every single play until yeah and until they bring uh, Riffle off for Hardricht. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Make sure nothing just rolls off my tongue. Yeah, why nothing don't you? Easy coach? and simple. Could you put in small? <laughs> Please, <laughs> the word I can say. Um, but anyway, uh. The, the uh, the pass interference penalty on Brown because uh, Troy Aikman, for as much as you know Joe Buck for no, from non-Packers fans, gets this abuse all the time of all you do is talk about the Packers. Like I don't I don't think that Buck is a Packers homer. No, I just think that like the Packers are are one of the biggest teams in the nation, one of the most recognizable sports franchises in the world. Yeah, and and you, it dominates the thing. But like this makes me a Packers homer when I'm going to confidently say that. When Troy Aikman calls games that the Cowboys are in, ridiculous. Troy Aikman does the following thing: he does the, well, you know, it doesn't look like the Cowboys are doing good, but that's because you don't understand football the way I do. The Cowboys are actually doing really good right now. It's just that it doesn't reflect on the scoreboard, which is like saying I like because of my magic abilities, 
Yeah. I am seeing something that you are not, which as a color analyst is antithetical. Believe what you should be doing. Yeah. Which is explaining to the fans what is actually happening. It's it's cool. But that- Aikman just goes into like fucking Tolkien world. Yeah. Where he's just like explaining to you what is going on in his mind. As far as like, well, what you're seeing is in fact wrong. Yeah. Believe me. Don't believe your eyes and ears. Believe yeah. me. Um, yeah. No. Uh, I I don't like Troy Aikman at all. He was a he was an atrocious quarterback who was carried by uh, his running back and his defense and his offensive line and his wide receivers um, to Super Bowls. And he's also a terrible commentator. So there there are there <clears throat> are situations like say when he's covering teams he didn't play for. Yeah, <laughs> that he can just be acceptable, but he is the most. He, to me, he's one of the most inconsistent color guys. Yeah, out there, and that you just don't, you don't really know what you're going to get. Yeah, and that's that's what makes it so bad. Is that there are just games where it feels like he's just not watching the game. He just he's just trying to tell you how like you, in fact, the person who are watching the game is wrong about what you're seeing, and it just drives me absolutely crazy. No matter who's playing in those games, because like. I I can see it, you know, which is yeah. my problem with TV commentators in general. Is that like I can see it too, my man. Yeah, it's on the screen. You you got to you got to do more work. Yeah. <laughs> than just like heard you see where he catches the ball? Yes. Yeah, I see it. Yes, indeed I do. Why'd they run that play? Yeah, like if if this were on the radio, maybe maybe you should do something about that. But yeah, Brown is running straight backwards. Are running with his head not turned. Yeah, ran straight into the receivers. It's, it's regardless of how much contact was there, and it wasn't like a bunch of contact. It was some though. Like you can't make that easy Mm-mm. on the refs, especially because the refs in this game are terrible. Yeah. So if you oh, make yeah, it easy atrocious. for them, uh, and by this point the flags are already just coming out. Yeah. And it's just that that's what's happening in this game. They're very happy about it. Um, Aaron Jones. Gets his fourth rushing touchdown of the game, though, on uh, second goal from the one. There you go. You get uh, you get first and goal. Uh, Kumaro tries to get in, get in on a completion. Can't. Um, Kumaro, I think that's NFL catch number three or four for him. They're starting to they're well, starting to add up. He's getting snaps now. Yep, he'll get snaps, especially with uh, uh, Adams. I I've heard estimates that it's probably going to be another week before Adams is back. I think that's safe. Turf though can be a, a a difficult injury to come back from, and it can it can linger for a while. So I, I you know with with somebody whose whose entire game revolves around quickness off the line and and quickness in cuts and stuff, I, I think that's fair. Give him as much time as he yep. needs. The Dallas Cowboys go six plays, seventy five yards for the touchdown on a beautiful throw from Dak Prescott to Michael Gallup. A nice play, yep. uh, forty yard touchdown. Kick was good by Brett Maher. Um, so, you know, uh, Dak Prescott isn't great. You know, he's, he's not the $40 million man that he wants to be. Um, but he is, he'll put a ball on you. He'll put a ball on you. He's He's a a starter. He's a starter in this league for sure. You know, he's, he's someone that I think the Dallas Cowboys, he's good enough that the Cowboys can't think of, um, moving on right now. You know what I oh mean? no, I wouldn't. You, you you need to sign him to a contract. He's good enough to take you to the playoffs most years. He's good enough that if you put a good enough squad around him, he can probably take you to you know a couple playoff wins, maybe a Super Bowl. Um, I think he's well above that Andy Dalton line that that you know that 
mid tier in the NFL. I think he's he's inching towards the top ten quarterback play, but um, you know it, it's going to happen sometimes. Great throw from Dak Prescott, a nice play by Michael Gallup, who's a solid number two wide receiver. Um, yeah, this is the first time that I've seen Gallup play. I was really impressed. Yeah, he's he's good. He's really good. Green Bay goes three and out. Uh, Elton Jenkins gets an offensive holding penalty, probably uh, the worst play that he's made yeah. this season so far. He's been fantastic. Yes. At this point, Corey Lindsley is out in the concussion protocol. Lucas mm-hmm. Patrick came in and just pushed people around. Yeah, just looked good. I, I, the, you know, with, uh, with the lack of snaps for uh, Lucas Patrick so far, Really, the only thing that we've had to gauge him on is just uh, pure angriness. Yeah, which oh he has God. in spades. Remember that time he that plays he, angry. Yeah, remember that time that he fielded the kickoff. I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a, there's a lot of anger in that man. One of the one of my favorite plays that unfortunately resulted in a concussion for Lucas Patrick. But um, man, what a what a weird man he is. Um, Lucas Patrick played pretty 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 well in 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 replacement of Corey Lindsay. So at this point, it's thirty one to ten. Yep. Cowboys get the ball, and on first and ten from their own thirty, Prescott uh, throws it deep left to Cooper. Cooper makes a great catch. Uh, it's ruled incomplete. That's not the correct call. Uh, they challenge. It gets overturned. Uh, at this point. We have to kind of start bringing in Jason Garrett in this game, and you said you you listened to the radio call. Yeah, uh, Jason Garrett was off in this game from the moment it kicked off. Okay, because you know how they they snap the uh, camera to the coaches and like show you what the coaches yeah. are doing. They tried that on Garrett about seven times in the first half, and he was standing with his head cocked, with a thousand yard stare each and every time. He's just. I know he's not usually very animated. But he didn't even look reanimated. No, I, at, I, in this game, and then he starts jawing with this side official that's on his sideline, and yeah. this is where things kind of go wrong. In that, like, again, I've seen this at the high school and college level too. Of like, if if you say something to a side official that they don't like, yeah, you're gonna get ignored for the first time or possibly the first two times. Yeah. The third time you say the thing they don't like. Yeah. They're going to tell you to stop saying the thing that they don't like. Yeah. And at that point, really the only thing that you can do to not hurt your team is to say, all right, man, my bad as a coach. Yeah. Because at that point you're playing with fire because playing with 15 yards, because it's normally the sideline officials job to ignore the coaches. And to just like politely explain the rules to them, but sometimes something can't be ignored. You're having a bad Sunday. Yeah. You're having a poor Sunday afternoon at your job, and I've I've never seen I have ne- I've seen multiple times a coach get penalized for something they said to an official, but it was never, ever on the first time. Yeah, it was always after the warning. And Garrett says something after this play has been reversed, like after, <laughs> after every, or during it, or it was, it was winning through the flag. Uh, yeah, the, w- the way he threw the challenge flag. Um, Jerry Jones uh, called the ref a little darling, um, but uh, yeah, it was the way that Garrett 
told the ref, no, we're challenging that, and spiked the challenge flag in front of the ref. Well, there was something. As, he's, as he spiked it, it he's saying sure. something, and that's that's got to be the call. Got to, yeah. Because, I mean, throwing a little flag on dumb. the field is, is there's... There's just there should be no way in which you can put a flag on the field to, that draws a penalty. Yeah. Uh, but my goodness, the yeah he must have said something because yeah and whether or not that ref is in quotes a little darling or not, which shut up Jerry Jones. Yeah, shut, shut up. Like up. I mean, I am leaving open you the possibility that this was not that ref's best day. Sure, because well, the entire crew we watched the game was it's, having a bad day. Yeah, it's not anyone's best day. No, no one was feeling very good on that crew. So, like, I there's always just that contest of wills. Where again, I'm going back to last week, where like you can't yeah. ask the cops to take the speeding ticket away. You know, you just don't yeah. you don't don't get to ask the refs after they told you not to do a thing. Can you, How many more back? times? Yeah, that you're allowed to do it. You're in fact not allowed to do it anymore. So. Um, they get, you know, they get a 27-yard completion, but then a 15-yard penalty, and somehow they still overcome it. First and 25, and immediately Elliott gets the uh, gets that first down, and then uh, they finish it off real quick by uh, by going down and playing Klompel <laughs> inside the inside the red zone. This is the you know uh, first and goal at the five. The play is sloppy. Cobb is crossing in front of the formation. The snap hits Cobb in the thigh. It's recovered by the Packers. No play, false start is the ruling. Yeah. Which, what was actually happening, but as far as I can tell, was an illegal shift, which should be a play on decline penalty situation. Yeah. Because I, I don't know that. I don't know that all emotion there was being yeah. allowed. And we saw the Cowboys but get called like, for illegal in super slow mo replay. It maybe looks like the tackle's thigh moves slightly sure. before the ball, or some such garbage. Yeah, but that should have ended that drive. So penalty on Dallas for false start, first and goal at the ten. Uh, Prescott looking for Cobb in the end zone, picked off by Will Redmond. Touchback penalty on Zadarius Smith, illegal use of hands. Um. All right. Fine. Uh, Zadarius Smith, a couple of times he got flagged for this in the game. Like, okay, yeah. don't put your hands up underneath the lineman's helmet. Fair play to you <laughs> on that play. But uh, Clark got penalized for unsportsmanlike conduct for something that they wouldn't show us. Yeah, I, Wayne and Larry had no explanation. Nope. I couldn't see it when I watched the replay. And so Ezekiel Elliott punches in at that point. It's 31 17. Uh, Troy Aikman's talking about how all the momentum is on the Cowboys' side. Here oh they come, God. look out. Uh, Packers. Go five plays, pick up zero yards because of uh, a, a delay of game penalty and just some general discombobulatedness, which mm-hmm. this is one of those things where like the Packers have to clean this up. Yeah. Some of these discombobulated, what's the play call? What are we doing? Why is everyone not on the line of scrimmage? Like that needs to go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Scott has to punt. And on the very next play, Dak Prescott passed short right intended for Gallup, picked off by Kevin King. Um, one of those plays by King's been hurt. King, King, yeah. King apparently just will never have a good groin. No. Sorry, yeah. Kevin King. My yeah. condolences on your groin. Yeah, sorry, man. But he's out there fighting this yeah. year. And he's started every game. And we're talking about a team that's played five games. 
already. Yeah. So that's pretty so amazing. It's pretty great for Kevin King. Yeah, he was able to come in and finish the game. Um, Kevin King, within that, like, there was some talk like this should have been flagged on King. I yeah. can see this as a possibility. Yeah. But at totally. the same time, like, King's kind of just beating up Gallup. Gallup's beating up King inside yeah. the five-yard window. Yeah. They were kind of going at each other. And then Gallup gave up. Yeah, and a bad throw by Prescott. Too. Yeah, and then it, Prescott airmailed it over him, and King's just sort of standing there. Yeah, well, Gallup broke on the inside, and Prescott threw it to the outside. And King was playing outside leverage. Gallup made the right read to break on the inside. It was just a bad throw right into Kevin King's hands. Um, yeah, could you know, could could have maybe thrown a flag on this. I really like to see it played out, um, just because it's a short it's a short route. Let him play. You've thrown 150 flags literally in the last two possessions. Well, if Kevin King's the only one swinging around and shoving there, sure, fine, yeah, totally fine. But Gallup is Gallup's pushing fighting back, so yeah. whatever. And I, I like seeing, I like seeing Kevin King playing with that that attitude as yeah. well. Like he's real big. Yeah, like part of what's going to make him effective is being real mean. Yeah, <laughs> because, being huge and yeah. so long, being really bothersome. Yeah. Um. So a really nice play by Kevin King there. Leads to the next Green Bay Packers drive. Yep. 38-yard field goal from Crosby again. Perfect on the day. Jimmy Graham uh, caught the uh, caught the pass to set up the nice short field goal. Uh, Graham a little bit better in this game than he has been all season. And by that, I mean he was okay. Yeah, he was there. He was uh, on the field. It is almost alarming how slow he is at this point. Yeah, even Mercedes Lewis, like they threw that little screen pass to him at one point, and Mercedes mm-hmm. Lewis moved with some spring that I wasn't expecting, um, but spring that I have not seen in Jimmy Graham's step this year. No, and he is, he catches the ball and almost is just putting himself he's down. plotting. Yeah. yeah. Immediately. Like, Reminds me of Richard Rodgers at times, just in how Richard Rodgers yep. would catch it and basically just have to fall down. Yeah, Jimmy Graham essentially doesn't have a move anymore. Yeah. Um, on the ensuing drive, the... Uh, Cowboys at first and 10 short pass uh, to the sideline for Gallup and then a unnecessary roughness penalty on Zadarius Smith that uh, they didn't show us. Yeah, I think this is there was no replay of it. There was like the announcers didn't even make mention of the fact that there was no replay to show us of it. Yeah, they just they called a 15 yard penalty and didn't show it to me. So I have no idea what happened, which like I. Yeah. Whether it's legit or not, that's at this point like the fourth penalty on Zadarius Smith in the game, and yeah, you know, the fact that you don't show it to me makes me go like, come on, come on, just give it to me. Uh, yeah, come I didn't, I didn't get it in my replay of the game either. I watched the condensed game on NFL Game Pass. I didn't see it. Um, I think this is Zadarius's second week in a row with an unnecessary roughness penalty. Um, so you know, definitely something to clean up with with. How many penalties have been called on Sedarius in the last few weeks? And then Amari Cooper catches that deep pass from uh, Prescott. The big yeah. oh, Cowboys' biggest highlight of the game brings the 34-24. That's going to be the end of uh, end of the scoring in this game. Mm-hmm. Packers go six plays, nine yards, but take four minutes and thirteen seconds off the clock. Most importantly, yeah, which uh, you know, picking up that first down is huge. Uh, the Cowboys go right back down the field and to uh, get a field goal. And this is another. Uh, Rashawn Gary roughing the passer. This oh uh, this is the worst penalty of the game. This is atrocious. Uh, Rashawn Gary's hand grazes grazes Dak Prescott 
He wasn't swinging at him. He was reaching out. Yeah. And Dak Prescott literally, like, moved his helmet yeah. to Rashawn Gary's hand. He was a runner with the ball tucked at that point. You can't, you can't rough the passer when he's not the passer. Yeah. Because uh, that was a 14-yard a run that Prescott was engaged in there. But eventually... Inside the two-minute warning with a minute 44 left, Maher, a 33-yard field goal that could have brought the team within seven and set up an onside kick. No good, wide right. Yeah. Maher had himself a, a bad day, and that is where the game ends, 34-24. Everyone breathed a sigh of relief because uh, the the third and fourth quarters took about three days to play. Yeah. Uh, the refs so were, many penalties. The refs were talking between every play. Mm-hmm. Uh, things we're going to review. It was just one of those, one of those games where you, you just want things to settle down a little bit, and they just weren't going to. Mm-hmm. They had they had a, a bad crew out there, and the TV coverage did not do a good job explaining what was happening in the game. Yeah, like we weren't getting pictures of it. We weren't getting replays. Uh, Clark and Zadarius Smith both called for unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Uh, somehow the Cowboys gained 30 yards without there being a picture yeah, of, of the thing happened. that gained them 30 yards. Uh, yeah. Which, frustrating. It, yeah, that's that's really frustrating when it happens. And so therefore, like, yeah, we will never know. <laughs> so we just get to not know. But all in all, Packers go to 4-1. and one. They survive their trip down to Dallas. Coming up next for Green Bay is the Detroit Lions. Yeah, in Green Bay. At home. Back at home at Lambeau. Uh, this one is Monday night? Yeah, yep. Monday night. Then then the Raiders, and then they're at the Chiefs and at the Chargers. Uh, if you watched the Chiefs-Colts game last night, there's something something not quite right with, uh, with Mahomes right now. I think his ankle's bad and he can't really move. Yeah. And uh, also the Colts' defense is very, real. very good Yeah, the Colts' year. defense is Yeah, real. they're not getting around at all. No. So, um, the Colts are good. And it's crazy that the Colts are probably a playoff team, considering that Andrew Luck retired right before the season. Um, Frank Reich's doing a great job down there. I tell you what, Joe, Jacoby Brissett is a, a man with a limited skill set, but that skill set makes him very effective. Yeah. It's, it's and a, puts him in the mold of... Uh, Collinsworth compared him to Ben Roethlisberger. Sure. Which I'm actually buying that, <laughs> even though like every time I think of Ben Roethlisberger, I have bad yeah. associations with him. But he was effective for a long time. Big body, as a football player, big arm. Yeah, dodges tackles in the pocket, mm-hmm. um, can move a little bit, scoot around outside the pocket, run for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, not so much like the uh, the scrambler as much as the uh, the the savvy yeah. pocket passer. Yeah, the guy the guy who turns, uh, you know, a, a little dip. And a one step into a completely new second and a half to make a quick read and throw the ball. But yeah, that defense is going to win the Colts some games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, Jacoby Brissett came into the NFL as a little bit of a, a, a running quarterback. He, he's run for five touchdowns in his career. Um, he ran for 260 yards uh, that year in Indianapolis after Andrew Luck got hurt. Um, so he's he's by no means a uh, a slow quarterback. He's bulked up a lot. He's bulked up a he's lot. Up a lot. Then, yeah. yeah, he's much, much bigger. Um, uh, he, he gets out of the pocket nowadays, and he's uh, he's not quite at Peyton Manning speed. No. But he's at he's sort of at current Aaron Rodgers speed. Sure. He's quick <laughs> enough to get out. Yeah. Scoot around he here and there. It. But, 
Yeah, no, he, he, the Colts been good. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll take a look at some of the uh, some of the bigger stories from this game. We've touched on a few of them, but uh, we'll go into a little bit more depth on them. Uh, take a look at what happened around the week, particularly in merry old England, where wonderful things happened, and uh, and we'll finish it out. This is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Follow us on Twitter at Cheesecagoland. Uh, subscribe to our Facebook group at Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. If you are the person who left a review for our podcast on iTunes. Thank you. About sound quality. Um, we don't know what the problem <laughs> is because um, we, uh, if you have any feedback about the sound quality of our podcast, is what I'm trying to say to you passive aggressively. Um, could you tweet that at me at MP Fleischman? That's my Twitter account because, um, you know, I, I, I try to listen every week in the car and I don't, I don't know what you're hearing, my friend. So, uh, any, any questions or problems with the podcast that you're having, let me know and we'll try to fix it as best we can because we want this podcast to be heard and enjoyed by all because we are the absolute best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. Hey, it's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It's the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. I'm Mike. That's Matt. Hey. We are talking about the Packers 34-24 victory over the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys, with the loss, dropped to 3-2. and two. They're still first in the NFC East. They have a few problems in that they gave a lot of money to Ezekiel Elliott. That's going to yeah. prevent them from signing players. Yeah. In the next two or three years, while that while that money is still guaranteed and they're still expecting things from him, both of their very good tackles are injured right now. It's the strength of their team. Mm-hmm. The inside of their defensive line is banged up, and their secondary is pretty average. So the strength of getting pressure on the quarterback is is kind of not there at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so they they basically got a wide receiver who's deeply underappreciated, who's actually very good, a quarterback who can put the ball on him, and Ezekiel Elliott, who is um, a little bit more average than people might think. So. Yeah. I, you know, he's, he's, he's better than most running backs, but he's not worth, you know, the money he's getting paid. 
But the Cowboys also have the NFC East, which is in not the best division, and they're going to face Jets, Eagles, Giants, Vikings, Lions, Patriots, Bills, Bears, Rams, and then Eagles and Washington to finish out the uh, the season. Their three wins are against the Giants, the the Dolphins, and Washington, so they've beat nobody. Yeah, and they've got to go play nobody a few more times. Yeah, a strength of schedule that that rivals even the Patriots, who. You know, if the Patriots are not seven and zero, it will be a joke because they they play the Jets and the Dolphins and every bad team the NFL has to offer. Taking a look at snap counts in this game, start up with the uh, with Aaron Rodgers right at the top. Aaron Rodgers, no touchdowns but no interceptions. Twenty two for thirty four, two hundred thirty eight yards. Um, he made a few bad throws. He made the fewest amount of bad throws I think that he's made so far in a game this season. Yeah, he was a little less willing to just immediately throw the ball away. Yeah. Uh when when something got to him, but he was um he was he was good in this game. He was judicious and he was pretty fired up. Yeah. Something you noticed from uh I don't know if they had it in the condensed game, but uh after a few ineffective drives coming off the field, like him and Matt LaFleur were talking. Yeah. Not yelling but like not talking in a happy way, but yeah. like talking in an upset way. Of course. And I love it. Yeah. Personally. Well, I, I saw a quote today uh, from Matt LaFleur about um, there, there's, there's a play that was, it was a running play and, and there was just one wide receiver. They were playing off coverage on, I think it was Geronimo Allison or Jimmy Graham or somebody out wide. And Aaron just threw it to him for a qu- quick completion, picked up eight yards or something. And Matt LaFleur was like, that's perfect. That's exactly what we want. He's doing so great. He's been incredible. And, you know, it's it's this idea of of there being conflict between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and that conflict on the field being a bad thing for their relationship. Like, it, it isn't. Um, you know, we, we see week in and week out Tom Brady scream at every single teammate he has and his, his head coach yeah. and everybody, when e- even if he's the one that made the mistake, and it's not a big issue, you know, in the grand scale of the media looking in on this. You know, there's not a magnifying glass put to, is Tom Brady a good teammate? Is Does Tom Brady hate his coaching staff? Does Tom Brady hate his wide receivers? You know, but if, if Aaron Rodgers comes off and him and LaFleur get into it a little bit over a play call or something not working, it is immediately like front page news on FS1 and ESPN for a week. Well, Lafleur is going to be absolutely no good unless he can justify and think through his game plan because some of it still has some pretty big holes in it. Yeah, he's not he's not perfect. Some of his play calls are ridiculous. Uh, you go back to last week. We're talking about like how many passes yeah. on first down and goal. That that shit is bad. Yeah, and it, it needs to be fixed. And, and we saw it this week. Yeah, it did get it did get fixed. Uh, yeah, except except for one one possession um, where they they ran first down, got stuffed for a loss, and then threw mm-hmm. second and third um, in a game where you instead of Jamal Williams, your big tough back, yeah. you've got Aaron Jones, and then also Trey Carson and Danny Vitale as your backs. Trey Carson was the change of pace in this game. Uh, Carson not so much a change of pace from Aaron Jones, more of like a uh, uh, an Aaron Jones light, yeah, a little bit. Whereas uh, Jones is a little bit more of a downhill twister. Uh, yeah, a bender. Yeah, Trey Trey Carson is a bit more of a stop stutter and attack kind of guy. Yeah, which um, and zone running in like the delayed handoff stretch scheme that the Packers use for running isn't gonna 
play exactly to Trey Carson's strengths, but no. he still had a had a couple of nice games. Yeah, a couple and of nice plays in the game. It, I think what 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 Trey Carson brings to this team that is so vital with Jamal Williams out is his pass protection. Um, we saw him on a number of, of of plays where you know a linebacker had a, a a free run at the quarterback, him stepping up and making a play in pass yep. protection. We saw Trey Carson be a really effective part of the passing game. Um, in this game, he he was all right running the football, but but he you don't need him to run the football. You need him to be effective in the passing game. At wide receiver, Valdez Scantling, Allison Kumaro get the majority of the snaps. Shepard got four. Alan Lazard got one. Um, the receiving core as a whole, four catches, yeah. fifty-five yards. That's bad. That's bad. Uh, but at the same time, I think it showed maybe what this receiving core is supposed to be doing because this was a day where the Packers offense was effective. They put up 34 points. Yeah. That and you know they did it through feeding a very good running back and feeding him in very well-timed situations. And let's not like overlook Aaron Jones picking up some key first downs when the Cowboys were selling out against the run. Yeah. As the Packers were just trying to eat clock. Yeah. Um meanwhile the tight ends Graham Lewis and Tanyan each of them made big plays in the game. Um, I'm still, I'll say, you know, like if we do 16 regular season games, I'm going to say, uh, Jimmy Graham is cooked 16 times, yeah. but he had three passes catches for 41 yards. Mercedes Lewis looks good. Uh, Tanyan, uh, left the game with a hip injury after that catch. Let's hope it's not severe because again, he, he, he looked good. That was a great catch. Yeah. He factors big into the, into any sort of run the Packers make, I think. Yeah. And, and Jay Sternberger, um, coming back soon. I think he'll be eligible to practice uh, after week six, so next week, and eligible to return after week eight. Uh, so, Corey Lindsley goes into the concussion protocol after 19 snaps. Lucas Patrick spells him, goes the rest of the game without any serious issues. Yeah, he, he looked good. Yep, again, the Packers were able to effectively run the ball against a defense that was selling out to the run in order to run clock enough to, uh, to put a lot of pressure on the Cowboys. And, uh, yeah, the running game improved. I actually think the running game improved. Yeah, when Lucas Patrick came in versus Corey Lindsley, who's yeah. who has been the unquestioned starter, and I don't think he's missed a start since coming into the starting lineup. So I think this might be if he's unable to go next week, the uh, the first time he's faced an injury, which is actually really, you know, a great run. Yeah, for him, but also uh, I don't, I'm not worried. Yeah, Lucas Patrick is uh, is filling in really well. Hope that hopefully that continues. On the defensive line, Clark and Lowry and Adams get yeah. the majority of the snaps. Uh, nice to see Montrevious Adams kind of make a late push back from injury. Yeah, uh, they We didn't call his name very much, but we didn't call the interior of this line no, but, very much because yeah. uh, the Cowboys were throwing the ball a heck of a lot. Yeah, they had to. And uh, you know the defensive line, when they're doing their jobs in this scheme, they're just occupying blocks to let Zadarius Smith get home. Yeah. And uh, Preston and Zadarius combined for three sacks, six quarterback hits, and a pass breakup. Uh, too many penalties for Zadarius Smith. Yeah. Um, it's been an issue. Yeah, anyone who tells you that, that he's not a leader on this team is completely insane. You should never listen to them. Yeah. He's absolutely a leader on this team. And, you know, for him, it's, it's a brand new role. I think he absolutely loves big he, games. He yeah. loves national television. Yeah. He's not afraid of the spotlight. He came from a uh, team in Baltimore that's not going to get a lot of publicity. No. 
and and he was he was uh, you know uh, never going to get the most publicity on that defense anyways. You know, he nope. was kind of a rotational rusher until his last year there. Um, so he, he he's really taking full advantage of this. Yep, and he's got a willingness to be a leader, but um, you've just got to cut down the penalties. You got to keep on, you know, just like Matt Lafleur and everyone else. Like you're gonna, you put guys into positions they've never been before, as far as providing leadership. Like you've, you know, the the thing about leadership isn't that you can't ever make a mistake again. It's that you have to correct him when you do. Yeah. So uh, yeah, get your hands out of uh, get your hands out of the lineman's helmets, my dude. Yeah, and uh, keep on hitting the quarterback. Um, one of my favorite things about the Smiths so far this year is that they do all of their post game pressers together. Yes, they do, which I think is fun. I think that that's you know it's it's something that's been talked about a lot of the, on this team thus far this year is that there's a different vibe, there's a different culture, there's a completely different. Are you sure you don't want to like tweet about this using like extremely coded racial language? Sure, 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 sure. Like some sort of huge asshole. Um. But, uh, you know, it's just, it, it seems like there's a different um, mentality this year. You know, guys are oh, they're friends. Completely People is. are friends on this team again. Um, and that's it's really fun. At inside linebacker, a Blake Martinez played every snap. Uh, B.J. Goodson went out with an injury. Oren Burks, He's back. his first time on the field in 2019, got 11 snaps. Um, completely, Burks, an unknown quantity. Yeah. In, in the NFL. I am very curious. And it sounds like he's going to play the entire season with a bad pectoral muscle. Yeah. Like this isn't an injury that's going to heal. It's just an injury that can be played through. Yeah. So still a completely unknown quantity. Shades of, I hate to compare him to like Roquan Smith, who's currently having some sort of absurd issue in Chicago, but a guy who like you do not know anything about until like later on. Yeah. And you know, hopefully, hopefully, Oren Burks turns into a player because boy, the Packers could absolutely use some help in the yep. middle of their defense. He's so quick mm-hmm. because Blake Martinez is extremely good. He can't get it done by himself because yep. no one can. Uh, Amos goes the whole game. Uh, Darnell Savage goes out after uh, 19 plays. Um, Packers don't seem to think that it's. Serious, no structural damage to yeah. the uh, to the ankle for Savage, so he just uh, just got rested a little bit. And uh, Will Redmond did a good job, yeah, in his place. Did really good on on special teams and filling in uh, on defense. He he played well. Jair Alexander got turned into a piece of toast by yeah, he, he by did. Amari Cooper, but uh, fair play to Amari Cooper there. Uh, Tremont Williams, Shannon Sullivan, Kevin King. This is a great place to use Tremont Williams. Mm-hmm. Because the Cowboys receiver core outside of Amari Cooper isn't fast. No. Yeah. Randall Cobb is slow. Tremont Williams on Randall Cobb's yep. great matchup. That's a fantastic matchup. Shannon Sullivan had the pick. Uh, Kevin King played uh, limited snaps in the game, but was out there playing. Josh Jackson played 35 snaps. He got burned by Jason Witten uh, on his uh, his most noticeable play. That's not good. Okay. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, right. I didn't that's, hear his name called once. Yeah. He got... Um, on uh, on that on the play that set up the Cowboys on their first and ref ball, mm. uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> on that possession that was uh, that was, was Witten burning Josh yeah. Jackson, which um, it's rough. yeah yeah that that can't happen. No. But uh, Josh, Josh Jackson's barely played this season, so um, yeah. we'll see. But I'd love to see Kevin King going because yeah. two seasons now of Kevin King just on the field, off the field, yeah, being held out of games, being put on IR. And I've, I said it from the beginning of this year in that, like, a guy is this injured, this inconsistent with being able to be on the field. And the team hasn't even, like, 
showed you a whisper of like we're upset with this situation like there's been zero publicity about yeah. them being upset with it and to me that tells me that like king himself is doing everything he possibly can yeah and like it's purely it just gives you that read that like every time that he's not playing in a game it hasn't been like him saying i can't it's the team saying you are not allowed yeah. to yeah because he's out there with like he's gonna be that groin ain't gonna be right no <laughs> groin injuries are rough and and take a long like you can't you can't play through a groin injury and just be like oh it's gonna get better no it's, it's we're gonna be fine groin injuries re are re-aggravated a lot um you know like it, i think the 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 quote was like that this wednesday he was he was thinking that he wouldn't be able to go but just felt better and was able to play sure. through it and and did and played really well you know after one of his best games as a pro um you know he's, he's had a couple of really good games as a pro uh, these last few weeks and and he's adding on to the resume now you know playing five weeks in a row is big well and even even if he's unable to go at certain points throughout the season being able to be out there for major snaps in the first five games of the year yeah uh, clearly that helped some guys that have needed time to get into this rotation, like say Chandon Sullivan, yeah, who could find himself very well pressed into service, yeah, um, in a big role as the number two cornerback. You could see Kadar Holman yeah, having to play big snaps because there's no guarantee that Tremont Williams <laughs> is going to be able to go the entire season either. Yeah, uh, Josh Jackson is apparently not very good anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, bizarre. Um, yeah, which is strange. So there's the, the Kevin King just fighting through it is giving guys time. Yeah, and and I you know I, I think before this the season we mentioned that you get Kevin King for fourteen fourteen games, it's great. Yeah, you get Kevin King for thirteen games, great. You know if he if he has to take a game off, uh, you know week eight, week ten, something like that, fine. It's all right. Yeah, it's, I would. It's I, about I would be picture. seriously seriously considering like because the uh, the Packers bye week comes in November between the Panthers 11. and the 49ers yeah. which is a great late bye week I would I would yeah. I'd be looking to see like if he can get even limited action in the games before that that'd be amazing yeah but if he need if he needs a bye week before that I would uh if you look at the schedule that they've got coming up like uh yeah you might not need him against the Raiders <laughs> <laughs> No, you I might not know. need him against the Chargers as because uh, Allen's going to be out now. Yeah, which is huge. That sucks. Yeah, I like that guy so much. Oh, I like so many. I don't guys care about the LA Chargers at all. I like so many guys on that Chargers team. But Allen's one of my favorite guys to watch. Yeah. That's not a Packer. Keenan Allen, uh, Derwin James also out. Um, he, I mean, he was he was a rookie last year who made a push for the Defensive Player of the Year award. I mean, he's stellar. Uh, but this this Chargers team just can't can't buy any injury luck. Taking a look at what what else went on in the NFL. Go back to was this Thursday night? Yeah, this was uh, yeah. Thursday night. The uh, the Seattle Seahawks defeat the uh, Los Angeles Rams by a final score of thirty to twenty nine. Russell Wilson is very very good, <laughs> and this Seahawks team has a running back now. Yeah, and that sucks. It's terrible that they're good again. Yeah, Russell Wilson is. is <laughs> it's a shame. He's a top five. He's, he's so, so good. I I hate that he's as good as he is. He's tremendous. <laughs> he's just it bothers me so much that he's he's so good. Uh, the New England Patriots beat Washington thirty three to seven. Jay Gruden got fired. Yeah, like five a.m. this morning. Uh, yep, Jay Gruden got very fired before I woke up this morning. Um, 
hey, um, there's a lot more problems than just the fact so that you have some sort of like problems. stupid nepotism hire as your coach. Uh, just to let you know, uh, the Panthers beat Jacksonville in the uh, the battle of uh, last second rookie replacement quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, I think the thing there is that Carolina has a better team around their backup replacement quarterback than oh, Jacksonville yeah. has around their backup replacement quarterback because this game was a shootout. Yeah, it was awesome. And if Christian McCaffrey keeps playing the way he is, he should be talked about as an MVP candidate. He's he's incredible. He's been so good. Uh, Arizona beat the Cincinnati Bengals because <laughs> the Bengals the Bengals are sinking folks yeah. uh, throw out the life rafts uh, <laughs> women and children first everybody get off the Bengals please because <laughs> they're going down the Houston Texans beat the shit out of the Atlanta Falcons 53 to 32 uh, Deshaun Watson is uh, my favorite quarterback in the he's league so fun he's he's so good uh, Watson last uh, last week got kind of viral for explaining a coverage to a guy who asked him about the coverage. Yeah. And hearing him explain it uh, just made me realize that I don't know anything about football. Oh, it's so complex. Uh, the New Orleans Saints kept on winning. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31-24. to Good win for, for them as they deal without, uh, without Breeze and Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, anything that gives more opportunities to Taysom Hill, I like. Sure. And also, it's great to see Bridgewater, who... Uh, Good to see him back. That, yeah, coming back from that uh, that Sean, we'll call it the Sean Livingston injury, where, yeah. where your leg uh, comes off, where your leg fully explodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings beat the New York Giants, and we learned nothing about the Vikings or the Giants in that game. Uh, the Oakland Raiders beat the Chicago Bears. Here we are. Uh, yeah. I think we learned a little bit about the Chicago Bears in this yeah. game. Yeah, um, I got a lot of texts. Um, over the day while this game was happening, I was working. I wasn't watching this game. Um, about it was whatever. Whatever you got told about that final sequence yeah. where the Raiders just went straight at the middle of the Bears defense, and then the Bears responded by basically not running anything designed to win the game. Yeah, uh, I haven't watched this game. All I've you know, I got a lot of of, of text messages saying, "Oh." QB controversy over no no quarterback controversy in Chicago, like yeah of course Chase Daniel isn't the long term answer, uh, but let's just look at at the most basic counting stats here. Uh, you know four games played for Mitchell Trubisky, two games for Chase Daniel. Really only three games played for Mitchell Trubisky. Um, Trubisky sixty five point one completion percentage, Daniel seventy three point three yards. Trubisky five hundred eighty eight, Daniel four hundred twenty six. Daniel is closing in and only two games played. Average yards per game, 216 uh, for Daniel versus 152.3 for Trubisky. Uh, If we're talking about average yards per attempt, which is um, a pretty good stat for for averaging, you know, where is a quarterback at? It's an efficiency Uh, stat. It's an efficiency stat. How are they doing? Trubisky, 5.5. If you're in the fives, it's very bad. Uh, a bad mm-hmm. quarterback is at six. An average quarterback is at about six point five to seven. Daniel is at seven point one. Um, yeah, because if you go to the Mike Patton wisdom of like, how do you want to get to London? Do you want to? Uh, do you want to? You want to walk or fly? Walk there or fly there? If uh, if flying there gets you five yards in attempt, you're essentially just trying to like walk there. You're essentially just you're trying walking to walk and yeah. walk there. Um, yeah, uh, you know, like a, a great running back averages five yards per carry. A great quarterback averages. Nine yards per attempt. Um, a bad quarterback averages five point five yards per attempt. Um, and I tell you, I tell you what, the Chicago Bears 
under Chase Daniel uh, score 21 points on on the Raiders and then the Chicago Bears defense. Yeah, like I don't give a I don't give a shit what Chase Daniel did in this game Chase because him and the offense scored 21 points. Defense should not and, give up 21. Points. Yeah. <laughs> They put the defense on the field, and I thought the whole point of this defense was you put them on the field with a lead to win games. Yeah, that that was that was supposed to be the Bears this year, and yeah. that's what they didn't do in this game, which is absolutely bonkers. Yeah, the uh, the go ahead game winning drive from the Raiders, thirteen plays, ninety seven yards, five minutes and fifty two yep. seconds. What? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Jacobs run, you know, Jacobs run for 15 yards, short right for two yards, incomplete, short right for two yards, fourth and six, penalty on the on the Bears, running into the kicker, so fourth and one, and that you know they picked that up. That's like, and that's the kind of thing like the Bears committed a penalty to create a fourth and one, and from there you you go for it, and then it's just. Yeah. Just march it down the field like this is exactly what you are not supposed to be able to do yeah. on the Bears, and they did they it did all it. game. Yeah, uh, and yeah, frankly, like Chase Daniel, of course he threw some interceptions. Chase Daniel, um, Trubisky would have thrown some too. Like it, it's it's uh, you know it. We we're, we're living in a world where 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 Chase Daniel, a career backup who who started now five games in his NFL career. He is, yeah, probably as as good as Mitchell Trubisky, um, but I think he's better for this offense just because he's not going to make the stupid boneheaded miss. He's going to read the cover six and throw the right throw. Like, you know, like he's he's going to read if they're in cover three. He's going to know what the defense is. He's going to know what his read is before the throw. But he's not going to make any exceptional plays. He's going to slip up every once in a while. He's not great. But uh, you know, I, if if I'm the Chicago Bears, uh, we're looking pretty long and hard at who's who's at the t- who's who's draftable next year at quarterback. We're looking pretty long and hard at if there's any veterans available on the free agency market that we can afford. And there will be a few veterans available yeah, that, I mean, that are going to be affordable. I think that there's a trade. <clears throat> there's probably an available trade for a a Mister uh, Larger Richard. Nick Foles. There probably uh, is in the off season. Uh, I mean, Andy Dalton is like cooked, this. but you can get Andy Dalton yes, on your team yeah. for the vet minimum next year. Probably, yeah. Uh, he's terrible, but uh, he's also better than uh, Mitch or Chase Daniels. Yeah. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles beat the shit out of the New York Jets. Yeah, uh, no one should be surprised about anything there. The Baltimore Ravens beat the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers now on their third string quarterback because uh, Mason Rudolph got uh, got murdered. Yeah, he got murdered. Oh man, um, that was the ugliest Hard thing. To watch. Yeah, don't watch that. Uh, Buffalo Bills beat the Tennessee Titans fourteen to seven. Apparently, the Bills are good. I can't. I don't want to live in that world. But there we are. Uh, the Denver Broncos beat the Chargers twenty to thirteen. And in the Sunday night game, the Indianapolis Colts beat the Kansas City Chiefs nineteen to thirteen. Again, we talked about that a little bit, but. Uh, uh, Mahomes ain't right right now. He can't oh. move. If he can't move, that's huge chunk of game. Yeah, that's his whole deal. Also, the uh, the weapons around Mahomes right now are kind of not yeah. th- not there for him. So, yeah. Watkins was out. Uh, Tyreek Hill was out. Um, you know, if you're down to Demarcus Robinson and and McCole Hardman, 
it's tough. That's tough to have as a one and two. Yeah, and here's here's Mahomes' bad game was uh, was <laughs> yeah. twenty two of thirty nine for three hundred twenty one yards, and uh, he was sacked four times. That's the biggest problem. Yeah, but no interceptions on the game, and uh, you know it was uh, it was Byron Pringle was his his leading target. Uh, you got to get Travis Kelsey involved more. Yeah, he's a mean man. Yeah, he's and also Lashawn McCoy had a just a devastating fumble at the wrong time. Yeah, on on what I think was one of the prettiest plays from scrimmage, one of those classic Andy Reid whoopsie screens. Yeah, oh, he does the misdirection screen so well. God, I love them. Yeah, <laughs> he really does. I'm an old white man. I love a screen pass. Let me tell you. Um, yeah, next next week Packers taking on the Lions. It's on Monday night. Uh, the Detroit Lions. They're two and one and one, which is uh, which is one heck of a very Lions. Yeah, it's a very record. very Lions way to be, but uh, it's it's just a uh, right now they're healthy. That's yeah. I think the biggest thing about the Lions right now is that they're coming they're coming into into week six. Yeah, week six. My goodness, uh, chugging right <laughs> yeah. along. I mean, we're two weeks away from high school football playoffs starting, so yeah, oh, soccer man. playoffs have started, which is yeah. what I get to do with the rest of my week. But Fun. yeah, they're coming into week six completely healthy, yeah, which is just unheard of. Yeah. Whereas for the Packers, Adams is most likely going to be out. Um, Tony Brown is remaining out. Uh, Jamal Williams most likely going to be in the concussion protocol for another mm-hmm. another little while, and Darnell Savage may not be at a hundred percent. So you've got. Huge contributors, yeah, out for the Packers. But at least it's at home. At least they get an extra day of rest to bring it on Monday night. And yeah. we're going to tell you all about it on the next episode of Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Happy birthday, man! Thank you very much. I, you know, I asked you what you were doing with your birthday. You were like, "I'm not doing anything at all." Yeah. And you know, as as someone who has had more of them than you, they they calm down a little bit. Good. And you know if that. I got to say, I think you have the right temperament about it because just personally, there's nothing more irritating than someone like in their 30s or in their 40s who demands that people make a big deal out their birthday. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I've never been That's a big not, birthday person. It's not appropriate. My favorite birthday ever was uh, me and a couple of buddies with the Blade Runner. And that was, nice. that was how we spent my 21st birthday. I, I tell Runner. you what, I think. Uh, big, nice theater. It wasn't my thirtieth birthday, but it was it was one shortly thereafter. Actually, was it my thirtieth birthday? Oh my god, it was! Wow, it was my thirtieth birthday. I was uh, I was working at Pizza Hut. It was my thirty-first birthday. Mm. My memory—it's really good, hey, folks. Okay. More and more people are saying it. My thirty-first birthday. I had uh, quit my job as a baker because the bakery had folded. So I was playing in a folk band, working at Pizza Hut. And also, like working out at a kitchen that like did weddings, out in, uh, okay. out in out in like the at a goat farm. Sure. So I had to work a double shift that day. Yeah. And I had to come in early because the Pizza Hut had called like an all hands on deck meeting because we had just gotten inspected by corporate. So like, I had to sit in a meeting at nine thirty in the morning and get yelled at because uh and i'll always remember this this will stick with me for the rest of my life and my manager was i really did like the general manager of the store she was like this old no-nonsense lady from west philly yeah like a chain smoker and she had this voice this one right here and she was just yelling at us we got a worse evaluation 
than Randleman Road. <laughs> Which was like another Pizza Hut on, on Randleman Road. And yeah. she just kept repeating it. Randleman Road. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, <laughs> this can't be my life. Pizza Hut. And then I, then I had to work the, uh, work the lunch shift at Pizza Hut. I had to clock out at about uh, 2 in the afternoon, get yeah. in my car, drive 45 minutes out to the goat farm, and I had to wash dishes <sighs> for six and a half hours straight. Yeah. And that was my 31st birthday. And, you know, at, at, the, at the end of it, I just remember being out at the goat dairy, and we had, like, one plate of dessert left. And yeah. I was just like, you know what? I'm eating that. I mean, I have that. Like, because it was kind of like... Everyone's like, well, I'm really hungry too. And I'm like, but it's my birthday. So I'm going to have it. Yeah, I'm, I'm 31 and I've, I've been at work for 14 and a half hours today. So I'm going to have And that I'm cake upset with it. everyone out here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to eat that birthday cake. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what you got to do because, yeah, yeah people are going to write very rightfully kind of stop caring. Yeah. No, they should. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, go see Blade Runner and don't go to Outback. No, don't go to Outback. Don't go to Outback Steakhouse. Uh, Unless Outback Steakhouse wants to sponsor a podcast, in, in which case, in which case, everybody try a blooming go onion. To, go to Outback Steakhouse, yeah. everyone. Try the gristle. Try the gristly steak. Get the New York Strip. It's it's actually the New York gristle. I've had I've had the hankering for fogo de chao for a while. I just want people to like cut meat off of a skewer onto my plate until I die. <laughs> That's actually how I, I want That's to how die. I want to go. <laughs> I freaked someone out because they were like, there was like some, you know, we were all sort of sitting around half drunk and they were like, yeah, how do you want to die? And I was like, oh, orgasm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to orgasm so hard that yeah. I die. Yeah. Like, oh, all right. Yeah, it's just like, I want my heart to explode. And they're just like, that's inappropriate. And I'm like, you asked a question. You, I, but th- I've I thought have of, the answer. I've thought about this. You should have thought about that before you asked the question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm talking about on my podcast. Uh, if you want to hear me tweet about things that aren't inappropriate, sure. um, follow me at MP Fleischman. Uh, listen to Friday Night Football on GlobeRadio.org. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time is when we're kicking off Senior Night. The Penn Kingsman taking on the Elkhart Central Blue Blazers this week on Senior Night from TCU Freed Field. The Kingsman have had a rough go of it this season. Oh, no. They've lost some people. And they lost a important conference game on the road last week. Um, I don't know. They're fun to cover. They're a yeah. fun team. They work hard. They, uh, you know, they, they really go after you. But the uh, New Prairie Cougars are the number one team in 4A in the state, and they're they beat good. them at home. And you got to take your hats off to them. So check out high school football if you like it. Um, Matt, what are you doing? What's your uh, what? nothing? Yeah, Melm Setter, do you? Uh, Nothing, nothing's going on. Nothing really going on. Um, you like pizza and yep. you live in Wicker Order Park? It. Order one from Lou Malnati's and I'll bring it to you. Uh, make sure that you tip well, though. Uh, um, everything, anything else? No. Nope. Okay, Not cool. damn thing. That's, that's going to do it. Cheesehead of the week is... Aaron Jones. It's Aaron Jones. Yeah. He waved bye-bye. Aaron Jones waved bye-bye to everyone else getting the cheesehead of the week. So it's mine now. Um, Aaron Jones, she said of the week, uh, a lot of rushing yards, a lot of receiving yards, and a lot of touchdowns. So good job, Aaron Jones. Yep, and filling in well for his uh, for his injured running mate. I love how those two are like buddies. They're good friends, and like they've they've kind of gone in like a 
very similar direction with like some choices. Like they yeah. are, they're growing the same hair. Yeah. Like they both <laughs> yeah. came into the league as like guys with short hair. Yeah. And like they're becoming guys with long now hair, they and they're like, yeah, hair. they're doing they're doing like the same stuff Colored there, the same way. Yeah, and they like dance, like dance, dance with each other. Yeah. It's, uh, it's they're yeah, it's really something. Them and the Smiths, the w- Williams and Jones and the Smiths. I learned something. Huh. I listen. I, I listened to the last podcast on the left. Okay. which is a, a podcast about true crime and yeah. the supernatural and the paranormal. It's mainly just a comedy podcast, but they're talking about Mormonism right okay. now. So they're talking about Brigham Young University. And I mentioned on the podcast maybe three weeks ago that you know, Jamal Williams, this guy who like very outgoing, like dances a lot, like is yeah. extremely energetic. It was odd to see him come out of BYU, yeah. a Mormon university. But I learned that BYU and actually a strong tradition within Mormonism is dancing. Oh, okay. Like their BYU's dance teams are always incredibly well regarded. There's oh. a, and like there's a huge subculture of dance, appropriate dance though. Yes, but in 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 Mormonism. So okay. um, Jamal Williams like as like a very enthusiastic like dancer and a guy with a lot of celebrations and and outgoing thing. Apparently, that's not out of line. No, it's for totally having come into it. from uh, from BYU. So that's a correction that I had to issue there, and that's going to do it for Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Stay dancing, and also stay cheesy, baby. There you go.